Welcome to Words of Inspiration with Rev. James T. Brown, Jr., the lead pastor of Tabernacle of Worship. Let's join today's message in progress. Glory to God. Well, family, today as we continue with our series, Overcoming the Storms, Getting to Glory. Overcoming the Storms, Getting to Glory. We're going back to the book of Mark. Going back to the book of Mark chapter 5. We're going to pick up where we were last week. Mark chapter 5. We're going to begin at verse 7 today. We're going to begin at verse 7 this morning here. Again, chapter um, 5 and verse 7 of the book of Mark. Here and here our text, it reads, it says, And cried out with a loud voice, this is speaking of the man, and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, I want you to jump over to verse 15 for me. Jump over to verse 15. Here, verse 15, it says, And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with a devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they, and they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be, might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath, been, hath, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. We're speaking again from the subject can you feel it? Part two. Can you feel it? Part two. As we closed last week, we saw that the demons had, that controlled the man were speaking to Jesus. Today we see how Jesus responded, what ensued later, and what I believe in how it actually impacts us today. How it impacts us today. Look back with me at verse seven again. Again, just reading for remembrance here, it says, and cried with a loud voice. Again, this is the man possessed with the demons. He cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many, for we are many. Here it was truly the grace of Jesus Christ 
that brought the man to fall on his knees in reverence. To fall on his knees in reverence. You remember we talked about that last week, how he had come out of the tombs and fell at Jesus' feet and he worshipped him. He worshipped him. He fell down in reverence. The, the demons cried out to Jesus because they didn't want him to torture them. He didn't, they didn't want him to torture them. Let me say that again. The demons cried out to Jesus because they didn't want Jesus to torture them. The irony is that their mere existence had been a torture to this poor man. They had been torturing him by making him replay his most painful moments in life night and day. Every night, every day, it was on it was on rerun, it was on replay. It's like when you turn on and you replay in a bad movie, like Groundhog Day. It just kept happening again and again and again, and that's all he knew. And that's because of these demons. It was because of these demons, but they didn't want Jesus to torture them. Interesting, interesting. Jesus had commanded them to come out of the man commanded him to come out of the man that they knew that they had to come out of him when jesus gave a command they had to respond to it let me say that again when jesus gave a command and even today when he gives a command the demons must respond to it there has to be a response they have to respond they cannot ignore it but jesus wanted to know the man's name first he wanted to know who the man was. He wanted to know his name. He wanted to know him intimately. Here, a 20th century pastor, and I love his take on this, 20th century pastor J. Vernon McGee, he, he describes this scene by saying, uh, as he began to, to answer the demons, speaking about the young man, he began to answer the demons or answer that the demons actually took over, I should say. As he began to answer Jesus, the demons took over and said that his name was Legion, for we are many. So in other words, when Jesus said, what is your name? He went to say, my name is, and then the demons spoke up and said, Legion, for we are many. He said, so he was trying to give his name, but the demons had that much control over him. Again, they said their name was Legion, for we are many. What, what does that mean? You see, a legion back during that time was a Roman troop that contained more than 6,000 men. That was what a legion was. And at that time, the name came to mean a well-organized group that possessed great power. And this is how the demons saw themselves until they ran into Jesus. Here it is. They're saying, listen, we're, 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 we're you know, legion, we're, we're many, but, you know, please don't suffer us to come out because every spirit, every especially demonic spirit wants to embody something. They need a host. And he said, listen, if you cast us out, we, we can't, we don't just want to be floating out here because they know they have no power without a host. So he says, listen, suffer us to go into the swine. And Jesus said, okay, go ahead. 
Now, here's where oftentimes in doctrine, they twist it around. They try to say that Jesus sent them into the swine. He did not. They requested. You see it right there in text. They requested to go into the swine, and he went ahead and permitted their request. He went ahead and allowed them to have their request, and they went into the swine. They went into the swine, and the swine started running together, and then they barreled down a hill off a cliff and into the sea all to be choked and drowned right there in the water. More than 2,000 hogs went running over the cliff. No telling how many spirits were in there. We know it's at least 2,000. All of these came out of the man and went running into the sea and caused all of those hogs to drown. Caused all of them to drown. In verse 14, the, the people who were responsible for the swine went and told everyone what happened, and the people came to see. They're like, what? He did what? Oh, I got to see this. And they went to see it. They had to go see. This is where our text actually picks up, and I believe it unlocks something important for us to see today. Look with me again at verse 15. Verse 15, it says this, and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. They said, listen, you, you got to go. You got to go. Listen, we see all this stuff, but please, please just leave. Just leave. <laughs> now, now let, let, let's look at a couple of things. They were afraid when they saw that the one who, who they knew was possessed by Demons sitting clothed and in his right mind. They were afraid when they saw that. Now, I want you to notice something. Notice that they didn't begin rejoicing and being excited and celebrating because this man got his deliverance. No, they didn't do that. They didn't start saying, oh, we thank God for healing our brother, and we're so grateful for that. No, they didn't do that. The Bible specifically says they were afraid. They were afraid. Now, another great irony, there's a lot of irony in this passage, by the way, but another great irony here is that they had been terrified of this man who had been possessed by the demons. Remember, he screamed day and night, and they wake up terrified. They tried to chain him, and he broke their chains. They tried to hold him down. He threw them off of him. They were terrified of this dude. <laughs> there was nothing they could do to hold him, to keep him, and nothing like that. They were terrified of this man, but now, they were also afraid, even more afraid, when he was no longer able to pose a threat to them. Does anybody see that this doesn't make a lot of sense? The same one 
that you were scared to be around, the same one that you were terrified of. Him, you, you, you were fine being terrified, but now that you can be at peace, you're even more afraid. What's going on here? What's happening here? This is something we can dig into. See, they're sitting here and they're even more afraid, even though he no longer posed a threat to them. And of course, understand Jesus. From his perspective, he's not concerned about any swine. He simply wanted this man to be free. Jesus wanted the man to be free. He's more concerned about the man than he was about the hogs. He could care less about the hogs. He was concerned about the man. But there's something that's happening here. They, they were upset that he destroyed their hogs. They were upset that he destroyed their hogs. And they actually asked Jesus to leave. Now, the one who had delivered this man in front of them, before them, he, they wanted him to go and leave them because they were now scared because of what he had done, because of what he had done. Listen, th this showed a cultural problem that existed. There was a cultural problem, a cultural issue that existed that was a big issue. We're going to dive into this a little bit. Remember where we are. This scene takes place in the Gadarenes. The Gadarenes, remember, verse 1 of chapter 5 tells us that he got off at the boat at the, in the Gadarenes. The Gadarenes. You see, these were the descendants from the tribe of Gad. They were descendants from the tribe of of Gad, one of the original 12 tribes of Israel, one of the original 12 tribes. These descendants had become what's understood as Hellenistic Jews. They were Hellenistic Jews. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that the Jewish, that they were Jewish in religion, but adhered to the Greek culture. They were Jewish in religion, but they adhered to the Greek culture. That's what they were doing. Here, the, the, the great problem with all of this is that they found themselves straying from the tenets of their faith and giving in to the cultural norms around them. Hmm, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like something that we see today, doesn't it? where oftentimes we're willing to give up and walk away from what we understand are the tenets of our faith to be able to fit in with culture and society, to be accepted, to feel like it's normal, to feel as a part, we're willing to do those things, to feel a part of that. It didn't just start today. It didn't start in the 21st century or the 20th century. It didn't just begin in the 70s or the 60s. This has always taken place. Here, this was a big issue. This, this put them in the place where they were willing to do what others did. Regardless, regardless of if it stood against what their beliefs taught them. They were willing to do that. See, Jewish people 
otherwise, if, if they were willing to walk in accordance with their faith, Jewish people would never have been in the business of raising hogs because they didn't believe in it. <laughs> they didn't believe in, in caring for swine. They did not believe in that. But here it is. They were willing to do that because they had given in to the Greek culture around them. They had compromised their values and did, watch this, whatever was profitable. Whatever was profitable. I need someone to type in chat for me. All money is not good money. Let me say it again. All money is not good money. You've got to ask yourself, what am I giving up to make this money? It's not just what you do. You're, there's an exchange. You're giving something up. What is it that you're giving up in order to make this money? Listen, you got to ask yourself, is this illegal, immoral, or illicit? And you got to ask those questions. Most people will stop and say, if it's illegal, I, I won't do it. Uh-uh. I just will not do it. If it's illegal, no. If, if it's immoral, no. I, I mean, I, I got good morals. You know, I'm not going to, you know. Is it illicit? Well, you know, I'm not going to elicit nothing from anybody. No. But see, you got to ask yourself. Okay, so you're not going to go sell drugs. That's a bridge too far for you. But are you, would, would you be willing to mistreat someone in order to sell product to them? Are you willing to do that? Is that not a, a, an immoral act? That doesn't go against the tenets of your faith? That isn't challenging you. Are you willing to have housing that you'll, you, that you'll rent to people that you don't take care of? And yet you're making money hand over fist while they're living from squalor to squalor, trying to make it in a place that you've provided. But you're driving all kind of stuff you want to drive and they're barely making it. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you're in the Metro Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for our regularly scheduled services at Tabernacle of Worship. You will also be able to get this entire message. Please feel free to visit our website at www.taboworship.org. That's www.taboworship.org for more information.